Hello and welcome to the Sovereign Collective Podcast, where we bring you real raw truth for your self-empowerment. I'm your host, Sasha Calavota, and I believe that you can stand on your own two feet, but that you don't have to do it alone. I love learning from people who continually strive to raise the bar, to go against mainstream thinking, and who dare to question the general consensus. People are risking ridiculed or even risk the loss of their professional status as they bravely question the common narratives and challenge the rest of us to expand our minds and to reconsider what we think we already know. Join me in learning how to take control of your health and your mind so that you can have the energy to think more clearly and the confidence to step up and take responsibility for all aspects of your life. We promise to never censor here because I believe you are strong enough to hear the real raw truth to make up your own mind. If you like what you find here at the Sovereign Collective Podcast, then please share with your friends and family. I so appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. And now on to the show. Hi, y'all. This is Sasha here for two quick announcements before we get on to our interview for today. First of all, if you are looking for quality supplements, quality tonic herbs, some specialty food items, and you're in and around Calgary, then please go check out Lotus Herbal Health, a great family-run store that has two locations in Calgary. You can find them at lotusherbalhealth.ca to find out where their locations are, or you can shop online and they will pretty much deliver anywhere. So quality supplements, tonic herbs, great staff, check out lotusherbalhealth.ca. Secondly, I want to announce the relaunch of my program called Your Conscious Pregnancy and Parenting Guide, which consists of experts in their fields around the world on consciousness and parenting and education and nutrition and dentistry and homeopathy and more. This is a program I created after my son was born about 10 years ago, a little bit more than that. And I am now very concerned after the events of 2020 for our future generations. And I believe the time is now for conscious parenting and for conscious parents to rise up and take, to take back our pregnancies and our births and our parenting and the resilience of our children and of future generations. The time is now. We change the course of history by changing the course of our future generations. And we do that by consciously raising them, consciously birthing them, consciously conceiving them, feeding them good food, and taking back the responsibility of raising healthy, well-adjusted, robust people. Resilience. It's time to build resilience. So please go check out sovereigncollective.org forward slash get the guide, and you will be able to check out all of the amazing material in there. It's time for us to understand how our worldviews are formed, how our self-views are formed, and how to impact that and how that impacts the society on a whole. So check it out, sovereigncollective.org forward slash get the guide. And now on to the show. Hey everyone, Sasha here with another uh, episode for the Sovereign Collective podcast. And I am once again honored to be joined with doc- by Dr. Bear Lando. I've interviewed him on number 10 episode. So if you want to learn more about him, I'm going to say a little bit about him now. But more in-depth intro for Bear is in episode 10. And I've also interviewed him for my program on conscious pregnancy and parenting. Shameless plug, plug here for existing parents, parents-to-be, parents in a quandary as to how to raise healthy, well-adjusted kids and not screw them up. Then go check out my program on conscious pregnancy and parenting where you can learn from the wisdom of Dr. Bear Lando and Kelly Brogan and David Wolf and Dr. Bruce Lipton and... Naomi Elder, like so many amazing people there because our kids are a target now. In case you haven't noticed, the school system is not working in their favor. You know, all these things are exposed to in their early days and months and years and all these things, right, are really leading to 
a compromised human being. And so it's up to us to change that course. But for now, we are here with Dr. Berlando, who has spent many, many years in the field of biotrain medicine. I don't believe he's practicing now or not as he did before. He had a practice for many decades on biotrain medicine. But this is a man who is, I think, in tune with all areas of truth and health and wellness uh, in, and also in law, whether it be the truth of true health and attaining true health from an energetic perspective, from a mineral perspective, from a food perspective, but also he delves in area of natural law versus, you know, what is legal, what is lawful. Uh, he, what, he played high level football in his earlier days, college football, and he's uh, quite the athlete and surfer and chiropractor and he worked in emergency medicine. So he's dabbled in all sorts of areas. And I know him and his wife now are living life as I would like to live one day on the land with their, with their land at Alpha, I don't know if you call the farm, the farm Alpha Vedic, but if you want to learn more about what he's doing now currently go to alphavedic.com that's alpha with an f and you can learn all about the farm and the co-op and all amazing products that are unfortunately are not available yet in canada as far as i know and him and mike winner also host a podcast every thursday called AlphaCast. definitely my number one go-to podcast and i have to say one of the more recent interviews on the mandela effect i did not know about this blew my freaking mind. I went and checked out a few things and like I had a whole body response of, uh, it was crazy. So check that out. So they, I, unfortunately I can never catch them live. It seems on Thursdays, but if you can do that and they're on all platforms, well, more than on censoring ones, can't believe you're still on YouTube actually, but you can find them all over the place, live audio video. And sometimes you really want to tune into the video because there's some important things that are shown on the screen as well that will help them understand what they're talking about in that moment. So today, Dr. Bear has agreed to talk to me on, well, whatever I wanna talk about, but the big focus, focus is gonna be on tissue cells and then we'll wrap it up with a few things at the end. So Bear, thank you so much for being with me again today. I always really appreciate my time with you. Oh, thanks for the invite. Always an honor to be with you and always uh, a fun talk. So I've been looking forward to it. Thank you. And I know you're super busy these days. You're getting more and more well-known. So I know that you're doing a lot of interviews to I feel very blessed. So I want to talk about tissue salts today because this is something that I've known about for a very long time, but I never really used. I did use them for my son for certain tooth issues when he was younger and growing pain issues, uh, some stomach upset, things like that. I just had some formulas on hand, but I never really applied it to my own life and certainly not consistently. But since you and I don't know what episode that was, and I know you've talked about them several times, but it was many months ago now, you said before anything else, what people should be taking are the 12 tissue salts. And since then, I've been doing a deep dive and I've got books. This one on cell salts. I'm trying to get through the Zodiac. <laughs> this one and the Salts of Salvation. This is not an easy read, people. And it, it's an interesting one. Very different take than that the other book that took, uh, looked, showed you. And then facial diagnosis of the tissue salts. This one is blowing me away because it's all it's all in our symptoms and it's all in our face. And so I've been going deeper and deeper and deeper and trying to not get confused with all the different mineral combinations because I think I know it and then I completely forget it. And I'm really working on, on understanding that there's, I, I've got a whole bunch of them right here beside me too in different, different forms and brands and things. 
And I feel like I need them all, to be honest, but I'm not sure if the 12 combo is the way to go or what. But anyways, so these are the tissue cells. So what I'm going to get there to start with is please explain what they are and let's go from there. Okay. Um, you know, I think before we ground it in as far as what they are, we have to go above our heads and see what they're interacting with. And that one book that you showed uh, that you said was a little hard to uh, wade through, and I agree uh, for two reasons. It number one brings in uh, astrophysiology into the mix, and it also is in an old school kind of language. Mm -hmm. And then it also brings into the mix uh, decoding scriptures and uh, you know truths that have been laid down by all the great minds for centuries. So there's quite a combination of things to wrap your mind around there. Probably not the beginning, uh, you know, the beginner's uh, idiot guide to get through it. <laughs> um, so uh, when you understand this entire, you know, this realm that we live in, uh, there are things over our heads that different civilizations that have gone before us that reach more advanced uh, uh levels of development than where we're at now, they understood the role and the interaction between the heavens above and, uh, you know, things and how we work down here on the ground. And the fact that um, humans are the intermediary between heaven and earth, we can say. And, uh, you know, there's a, a physicist, time, a physicist by the name of Harriman, he did little uh, you know, experiment to show why that is true. And he um, put in a, nu a numerical value on every life form from, uh, you know, interstellar to microbes and minerals on the ground, and including the inherent energy uh, numerical value of humans. And then he plotted them all on an XY axis. And if anybody, uh, you know, remembers back to their basic sciences, if uh, you have an X, uh, Y axis with a line and then you have something that you're studying and then if what you're studying kind of falls near uh, to that line with a certain level of consistency, then you say there's a statistical significance there. And when he did this, every single one of his resonant fields uh, measuring all different life forms, big and small, all landed exactly on that line. And right in the middle of it at the 50% mark was the human biological organism. So in uh, that initial work that he did, he determined that humans, uh, while well, humans is, a, is not a good term to use, but I won't go down that one. Uh, man, and not being sexist, man is a species you know, uh, of you know, men and women, but man is the event horizon. So we are the co-creators on this realm and different civilizations that have gone before uh, understood our role as co-creator as an individualization within universal consciousness. And that in our role, our job was to ground in that resonance that came from the higher realms of consciousness above and grounded in. So what's this have to do with cell salts? Cell salts are the mineral capacitors on the ground. Capacitors is an electrical term for uh, you know, something that collects energy. 
And uh, so the capacitors are these 12 cell salts. And there's 12 of them. There's a significance with that number because, again, if you default back to the old scriptures and, and astrophysiologists and astrophysicists, they understood there was 12 primary constellations. And each of those constellations uh, resonated a, a very distinct um, field of resonance that then was received by the capacitors on the ground. Now, those capacitors on the ground are, of course, what we pick up in our foodstuffs and also directly from the atmosphere. Uh, we can go back later and talk about how we actually pick up most of our nutrition from the atmosphere, actually over 70%. And it's easy to understand, although sounds nonsensical if you don't know how that works. So these capacitors, these 12 cell salts are supposed to be prevalent in our bloodstream at all times. Think of a construction worker on the ground, uh, you know, with all the skills, all the tools of the trade, they cannot build or fix, you know, what they're trained to do unless they have the materials to do it. So these 12 elements are the basic building blocks but even beyond just the basic materials that the cells need to regenerate themselves every single moment, which is what they're designed to do because the human body is not designed to grow old and die. If they have this resonance, then they can then incorporate um, these inorganic elements, the cell salts with the organic elements you know, the uh, other things, proteins and albumins and things that we get from foodstuffs and even from the atmosphere, conjugate them in order to make the form and function of every single part of our body. So um, why don't I just uh, stop there and then uh, let me know which direction you want to go from there. Okay, so there's a couple things there. First of all, I, I, like if you could talk about how they are discovered and how they were found and what how they were analyzed and also I recently learned that there are actually more than 12 those are the 12 first primary ones but I also learned there's 21 other combinations as well to bring it to 33 so there's one that I couldn't find from a regular store here that I have a homeopath ordering for me hopefully they come in this week because I found because of these two lines that I've learned from a guy that does a lot of facial um analysis he's actually Canadian and he's talking about this, this specific form of iodine arsenicum iodatum for these lines that is not a good thing to have so I've learned nobody talks about those and they're not as easily readily available so can you talk about the extras but also first of all what did why, why are they those 12 like we're talking about the zodiac signs but how did they discover them physically well, first off, again, it's about the 12 primary fields of resonance to create all of the life in our realm. Now, those 12 resonance, as represented by the constellations, and there's a whole different story we can get into at that level, but they are also qualified first with seven attributes that comes from another level of consciousness. So the 12 constellations are like capacitors in and of themselves that they receive those seven rays and there's a whole level of seven ray astrology which is what they used to use before this kind of superficial horoscope kind of reading you know because astrology 
is a real um, is a real science. It's it's physics at its highest level. So the twelve resonance then that project down to the capacitors on the ground. Those are the primary resonance that the cells are able to make everything possible. Now, if you understand a little bit about waveform physics, there it starts with one always, you know, with the single polarization of an electrical vector and then divides into many. <clears throat> and we can also talk about our role in creating those electrical vectors that then pick up the resonance to create our life experiences, our very body and everything around us. All the subtypes that you're talking about are just derivations of that. And you can get into any level of medicine. You know, some people are really into blood typing, uh, you know, and the different types of blood. Well, if you really want to get into that, you have to understand there's many subtypes. And any, again, any level of endeavor, it just keeps dividing, dividing, dividing to, you know, in an unlimited fashion. But if you go back to the basics, which are the 12, that's the most important. I would argue, just based on my experience, that you don't need to get into all those derivations. They have their time and place, but the, soul, the cells are programmed. They have an innate intelligence. They understand how to make all the different levels uh, and derivations from those 12 resonance. So if you start there, it's just like anything in sports. You know, you, you always got to go back to the basics. And so if you've got the basics, then, you know, you're going to win. And the same thing with the cell salts. All you need is the basics. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with taking all of those other types. And all of those types came after, and I understand a lot of the research involved with those and some brilliant people that brought those to light. But again, it's almost like reinventing the wheel when you go back to the 12 residents and understand their role, then you trust that, you know, higher consciousness, our innate intelligence knows what to do with all those things. Just like we walk around every single day, there's millions of processes going on in every single one of the 70 trillion some cells in our body. And we don't really have to outthink them or worry about if they understand their job. So I would just, uh, you know, if somebody's really dabbling into the cell salts, I'd say, you know, keep it simple and just stick with the 12. Your cells will know what to do, you know, with the rest of it. So that's just my experience that things work better that way because now you're working more at the primary level and creating coherence from there rather than, you know, uh, going at all the diversifications on the ground and trying to reverse engineer uh, you know, just stick it, you know, a little bit of a higher level and work down. As far as the first person that discovered these, um, I can give you little information, but I don't know um, who first discovered them. I knew, I know it wasn't Schusler, Dr. Schusler, who first popularized them. No, uh, these have been, uh, people have been aware of these for civilizations for centuries. Oh, and Dr. Schusler brought them out to a level of awareness in the particular time period in which he lived, I think in the 1800s, or I'm, I'm not sure exactly the time frame. 
Um, so he did popularize them and bring greater awareness to them. And now after him, uh, Dr. Um, George Carey uh, took it to another level by um, pairing each of the 12 cell salts with the resonant, the 12 resonant fields from above, as you know, I was suggesting. And then Dr. Inez Perry, a student of Dr. Carey, uh, took it another level yet again and, and carried out his work. Now, George Carey, uh, I yeah, I think that's first name George. Um, a lot of this I, I read so long ago. Sorry. Those are the names okay. on the book. Oh, yeah. Okay. George Carey it's, it's and Inez Perry. There we go. It's, yeah. it's been a good number of years, so forgive me. Um, so, um, you know, he really added another dimension that in my um, perspective is actually the most valuable because with the understanding of the astrological uh, nexus, then it really is uh, creates the continuity within our own awareness of how we live in a unified realm of what we are part of. And with that awareness, we start to remove ourselves from uh, what some people have, uh, you know, uh, termed whether they say the uh, a single colorblind eye, uh, you know, which brings us into this reductionist, just getting lost in the minutia, you know, the forest through the trees kind of thing. So um, it, as long as we're looking at things in parts without understanding that unification, that old hermetic uh, principle as above, so below, then we're really gonna be ineffective as far as managing our own little creations and understanding our role in it in the first place. So you have Dr. Schusler, and uh, if you take the, the basic cell salt books, like the first one you held up there, um, it's gonna be more about symptomatic um, effects when these are deficient. We can talk on that level, but things can be greatly um, simplified in a clinical sense, and especially for somebody trying this stuff out at home, if we don't go into the symptoms, but get the bigger picture as far as how you know things work in the first place, and then the symptomatic things we realize are just an after effect. As a clinical physician, I used to look at those after effects, but I always looked, you know, at a different level first. And then I could, you know, apply, you know, certain things, including cell salts, uh, in more of a palliative fashion to help people feel better while we're really taking care of the problem a few rungs up the ladder. Well, and what's interesting is. If you were to just read this book, you would have no clue that the Zodiac has anything to do with it. You would talk to a lot of homeopathic practitioners or doctors that are also working with physicians. They don't even know anything about it. So there seems to be very different philosophies of how you use the tissue salts. And in, when I first got this, I didn't know. Like when I got this, it's called, I'll put it in the, in the, the links below, guys. It's homeopathic cell salt remedies and healing with nature's 12 mineral compounds. Um, you wouldn't even know, but for me, like when I'm reading the Zodiac and the Salts of Salvation, it's, um, I, sometimes I just want to default to the symptoms because it's so much easier because you read the first, the, the Zodiac and the Salts of Salvation. I feel I read a few chapters, a few paragraphs and I say, well, now I've proved this. Let's move on to this. And I'm like, oh, I don't see how you proved anything. And I have to reread it and reread it and reread it. So it's a, 
I feel understanding it from that Zodiac perspective really takes, uh, takes you to move way, way, way out and see a much bigger picture and open that up. Because a lot of people don't know it from that perspective at all, from what I've experienced so far. You would have to study volumes of works from many different time periods to understand what they're saying. And they jump around quite a bit. You know, you'll be taking a little passage out of the Bible, then you'll be taking a passage out of, uh, you know, classic literature, and they're going all over the place. And what they're doing is just giving you a smattering of the fact that this stuff has always been known. And what you have to do is decode what all of those uh, writings from all times have been telling us in the first place. And that is a, they are all analogous to building and maintaining the human temple. Even the early Masonic teachings before they were infiltrated. And, you know, here's the thing, you know, whenever you say Masonic, everybody, you know, kind of rears back and says, oh, my God, evil. Yeah. Well, evil is only the inversion of the truth. That's all it is. Uh, evil cannot be original. Evil can only usurp what's already existing and then give you the mirror upside down image. And that includes the Masonics. I'm not a Masonic, so don't anybody go there and start saying he's one of them because uh, building the rebuilding the temple, you know, in those teachings is about helping us understand that it's all about the human body. And it's imperative that our temple is complete and whole because without the temple having those 12 capacitors, then the resonant fields will not be able to rebuild to perfection that our human temple was designed to be. And therefore it cannot properly house the, the perfection of spirit, which always is unaltered. And when that spirit is able to manifest in the body, then you will not see all of the aberrancies and, and, and affirmities of, uh, you know, physical as well as mental and emotional problems. So it really is an important thing. We, we're not suggesting that we become body conscious that this is all we are, but we are manifesting in a physical embodiment for a reason. Go back to Harriman's, uh, you know, example with uh, mankind being the event horizon. We are here to co-create, to manifest heaven on earth. And if we do not have the original temple as it was designed, it cannot house or be capable of bringing in the full depth and breadth of spirit and what spirit is capable of doing in the first place. I just wanted to mention one more thing and then I'll, I'll stop. You mentioned homeopathy. Um, the cell salts are often confused with homeopathy. It is not homeopathy. Um, homeopathy is, uh, well, there's, there's two parts to homeopathy. One is the homeopathic attenuation or manufacturing of things according to homeopathic principles, which means you take a substance, a plant, a mineral, what have you, and then you dilute, succuss, dilute, succuss, and then you create certain potencies from uh, depending on how far you go with that process. Now, homeopathics are uh, true homeopathy is meant to create 
an energetic um, imprint, we'll say, in order to resonate a beneficial effect in the body and bypass the physical body. The thing is, is even though cell salts are homeopathically prepared, they are still inorganic elements. And no matter how much you dilute them, there are still those elements in there. You're never left with, left with just a ghost imprint like you are with different inorganic elements that comprise the basis or the foundation of classical homeopathic remedies. So you're always um, you know, getting an actual, uh, you know, one of those 12 minerals in the cell salts. And um, Dr. Schusler understood that when you homeopathically attenuate the cell salts, it puts them in such a minute, um, I don't like to talk about particles because there's no such thing as particles, but it does make it in a more refined, we'll say for the sake of discussion, minute form that then can readily bypass digestion and go right into the bloodstream. And even the best of us, you know, eating organically and having good lifestyles, especially in this day and age, when we're inundated with the kitchen sink being thrown at us right now, we have many accretions and, uh, you know, things going on in our body, many compromising factors that make it difficult for us to get these elements in the proper proportion in our bloodstream all the time. So taking the 12 cell salts is going to assure that they are there in the bloodstream ready for us to use. So, but it's not homeopathy. Right. So it's nutritive. It's building, right? It's not like it's yes. crude amount in homeopathy and the homeopathic quantity will, will cure what the crude amount caused where this is building your reserves. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. And the homeopathic, it, go ahead. Nope. Go ahead. You're going to clear something. Go ahead. I was just going to say the homeopathic attenuation is nothing more than going back to more of the primal waveforms rather than the crude densification of those elements as they occur in our nutritional foodstuffs. And, you know, when you get to that, again, higher level of refinement of those uh, initial waveforms, it, you know, it's, it's more amenable for us to, um, you know, absorb into our system. Plus, it also explains how we get most of our nutrition from the atmosphere in the first place. We'll have to touch on that in just a little bit. Okay, so okay. first of all, so correct, for people to understand physically what the cell salts are, right? It's, they are, if we were to burn this body and analyze the ash that's left over, it's those 12 combinations of cell salts, correct? Yes. And, and is it just the 12 or, or any of the other ones, or is it just those 12? Oh, there will be many um, different minerals, but those 12 uh, salts will remain as the primary factors, the foundational factors that, that you know, uh, again, are doing everything that we're describing. And, and so obviously, there's the whole periodic table of elements. And, uh, you know, all those things are present. We're not denying that. Okay. But again, we're looking at those primary resonant fields that allow the body to use all of those other elements in the first place. Okay, okay. And so for people that are used to taking their 400 milligrams of magnesium and their 50 milligram, you know, B vitamins and their whatever, their 25 milligrams of zinc and all that stuff, can you explain to them? So when we're dealing with a homeopathic potency, first of all, 
can you get the benefit from a 6x, 12x? Like, what if you can only find one in a 30CH? You can't find the tissue salt, but you can find it in a homeopathic, like a more dilute form. Mm-hmm. Does, can that do this? Will that do the same thing? And how can you explain to someone? Like, I just had this conversation with someone at one of our local health food stores. I'm like, you guys need more tissue salts. Where are they? Because I'm looking for a friend to see if there was one there. So well, I just don't understand how such a small amount is going to make a difference because we're so used to our recommended daily allowances of things, right? We don't think of them in these tokenized forms. So can you talk about that? Sure. The, um, the different potencies do make a difference, but they will all work. You can okay. even go up into an LM frequency, which is uh, you oh, know, wow. a, a great, great dilution. It's still going to work. Uh, Dr. Schusser and people since him have found that they work best in the 6, 12X. But if you go up into a higher potency of 30C or something, they're still going to work. What I would do clinically, uh, I would have different potencies and I had ways to evaluate, you know, an individual as far as what would work best in their body, but they're going to work nevertheless. As far as general nutrition, um, you know, I, I'm a full-time farmer these days and I treat the soil exactly the way I used to treat bodies. And I do testing that um, allows me to understand the electrical um, resistance within the soil and then use soil amendments, you know, your different amendments uh, that all farmers know about in order to tweak the electrical resistance. And when you do that, not only do you um, not burn out the soil, but you have to use a minute amount of amendments relative to a typical even organic farmer that's trying to make things grow. You don't need a lot of things. When the electrical resistance is along a a, a nice uh, harmonious line and uh, also uh, approaching what we would think of as a zero point level, where it just becomes self-perpetuating, that's what we want to strive for. So in that case, more is definitely not better. It's about understanding how to use amendments, how to use vitamins and minerals and nutrients in your body to create the proper electrical resistance so that things work efficiently and then need less and less and less input from the outside and your body actually becomes more adept at getting more of its needs directly from the atmosphere. You know, back in Chinese medicine, I, you know, learned that a long time ago that, you know, we have different systems that, you know, according to their terminology, it's like the triple burner, you know, which suggested that, you know, you're taking elements out of the air, you have certain things going on in your own body at different levels, and all those things uh, conflate together to derive all your nutrition and manufacture that, you know, exactly what we're talking about. All I'm doing here is uh, relating it to more of a contemporaneous understanding of physics, waveform uh, mechanics, and just plain electrical principles that any electrician is going to understand. So um, nutrition is really about uh, getting the right thing in a form that your body can really utilize. If you're just taking regular minerals, you of course want to take minerals that come from plant sources because the role of plants is to take those minerals from the soil, which they're going to be more efficient at doing if the soil has a proper 
uh, electrical resistance happening there. Then there's going to be a compatibility of micro-niche between the rootlets and the soil itself. And then it's going to very efficiently, just like our bodies, uh, absorb what it needs. Now, when it absorbs those minerals, then it's going to conjugate those with amino acids. It's going to uh, you know, create that complex, uh, that chelation factor that is then going to be able to be used by our bodies. Because if that conjugation with amino acids does not happen with the minerals uh, as the way we get them from plant sources, then it's going to be hard for our body to absorb them. And there are a lot of mineral um, supplements out there that are not plant derived. And one of the best sources, of course, is um, fulvic and humic uh, derived minerals. And that is nothing more than plant matter that has been broken down over time so that the minerals now are in a very bioavailable form. Uh, you know, in Ayurvedic medicine, they called it shilajit. Uh, we call it humic fulvic now. And so that's a good foundational basis. If somebody wants to do any supplementation, I'd start there and then also add the cell salts to make sure you've got that residence in the bloodstream. Right, that's what I mean. I've been starting my day these days with sea veggies, this other product with some MSM and some other things in it. And then I put in a few shots of this Shilajit mineral complex stuff in there. And I just feel like I've accomplished something already, you know, just by filling my mm -hmm. body with that up in the morning. So yeah, that's what I do. But I do, what's interesting though, is, and that combo has been quite new, but I find like I've been eating pretty nutrient dense foods for a long time now. But when I look at my face and when I compare say, to this, this facial diagnosis, but it's like, I feel like this is why I have so many cell cells. It's like, I feel like I need them all. Like, I feel like I'm doing okay, but then I'm like, oh, no, there's that, there's that, there's that. So it's interesting. It, I think it does have to come from those concentrated sources like the Shilajit and things like that, because our food just doesn't have it anymore. Did you, like, I don't know where in the world you can get food that is as nutrient dense as it used to be a few hundred years ago. Well, if you shop at a health food store and you're getting organic food, then you're getting stuff that was probably picked a while ago. So the nutrient uh, density has degraded just from the time it's been in the ground and finally gets to you. It's also been grown by organic farmers who are not really practicing a lot of the things that I'm talking about. And those organic farmers are also burning out the soil. You know, uh, you know, I'm a farmer, but uh, we always think in terms of that seven generational principle, you know, I want my farming to not just maintain, but actually create topsoil for generations that are yeah. going to come after. Yeah. So, um, you know, you're really not getting that in organic food these days. And also the soil is really um, rife with a lot of the things that are falling out of the sky, you know, yes. that we're sprayed yes. with overhead every day. And when you have um, soil that's not just, um, you know, using clean fertilizers that we then say organic, but if it's not in that electrical proper zone, it's going to have a tendency to accumulate, um, you know, those, um, those noxious uh, heavy metals and things. Whereas if it's in a proper electrical zone, 
uh, the plants will not uh, uptake that and the soil is going to be able to clean itself out more readily. The microbes are going to be flourishing. They're going to have a lot to say about that. And, uh, you know, you have a self-maintaining, self-correcting system, uh, the way soil is designed to be, you know, with all the different eco partners involved, just like the inside of our bodies with the you know, the biological actors and the, you know, working in conjunction with the elements. Um, if we're operating on a, on a, on a um, higher resonant field, I don't know if higher is the right way to say, we'll just say more of an, an appropriate by design resonance, then whatever things that we're subjected to, you know, uh, as far as all these contaminants, it will just go right through us. Whereas if, if we're not in that level of efficiency, then we're going to be a magnet and hang on to that stuff, which is why we have a whole health culture now that's obsessed with cleansing. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about these cell cells. So we've got, I've got the combo here. So this is the bio 12 plasma mm -hmm. combo. So this is what I started with. And then I, I thought, well, I've got liver spots. I'm going to do a liver one. I'm going to do this one. I'm going to do that one. So what is the most effective way? And then we can take it based on our, when we're born. So I'm an Aquarian. My birth, my, my, my sign is Aquarius and my salt is Nat Merck, which is interesting because I have water stuff, balance stuff going on. So can you help us understand the best, which we look at what the lines on our faces. So from the facial diagnosis, do we look at when we're born and just do those ones? Do we, can we take, I'm taking cell salts all day long right now. I'm just I'm obsessed. So I'm like, oh, I need a bit of this. I need a bit of that. Like, is there something counteracting it? Like what is the most efficient way to do? Or should I just take the 12? And I don't feel like that's enough because what if I'm more deficient in one and not another and then I'm, I'm never getting extra of the one. So how do we approach it? Because I want it for people to, for most people to do it, it has to be fairly simple, I would say. Um, my experience is consistent with Dr. Carey and Dr. Perry. And that is always start with the ones that resonate with who you are as a being. And who you are has a lot to do with when you were born, because when you were born, there was a predominance of a certain resonance at that moment when you came out that is going to have a great effect on you. Now, we want to understand we aren't putting this out in a deterministic sort of way uh, that, okay, you're uh, an Aquarius, so therefore, you know, you have certain inclinations and that's, you know, why you did it. It's like, no, that's kind of reverse of the way it works you as a at the soul level came in to be that resonance for certain things that you needed to accomplish in this embodiment in the first place so you took on uh in an opportunistic way you know all the characteristics that you would need so that you could accomplish your mission at the level of the soul so it's not like we're born and we we're just dealt a deck of cards and you know you're a Calimir person or whatever, um, you know it's 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 it goes much deeper than that. But um, if you go by when you were born, then the one that correlates with that particular astrological constellation 
is going to be in greater requirement for your body. So Aquarius being that mirror, which is one of the water regulators, uh, it's the one that uh, really creates what we would think of, uh, you know, in conventional training as that osmotic gradient that, you know, uh, distributes the water where it's supposed to be. That's very important. There are two other natrium, uh, you know, phosphoricum and natrium sulfuricum that uh, also play in with water balance. Each one has a little bit of a different role as far as water balance. But Can you for you, what that is? sure. Um, natrium sulfuricum, which correlates with Taurus, uh, you know, in the month of May, that is going to have to do with making sure that there's not a prevalence of moisture in any one particular place. And, you know, there are different factors that would uh, create an overabundance of moisture. Let's just say you take a trip down to the malarial zone in some tropical area, and uh, the atmosphere is, uh, has, is very saturated. And now what you're doing is you're breathing in oxygen that has a high moisture, high water content. If you are deficient in natrium sulfuricum, then you are going to be lacking that element that is going to remove the, the extra moisture that you're breathing in. What that's going to do now is going to um, trigger a physiological response in lieu of the absence of uh, you know, natrium sulfuricum in order to get rid of the extra moisture. And what it's gonna do also, it's gonna require more oxygen because now you have that at saturated uh, blood. So you're gonna use up a lot of oxygen. You're gonna be uh, also using up a lot of ferrum phosphoricum, which carries the oxygen. Um, and your body in an effort to throw off the extra moisture is going to uh, speed up the pulse. It's also going to uh, create uh, a neurological response with the muscles where you have muscle tremors that we call chills, which is uh, the body's way of literally squeezing out the extra moisture. And with these uh, uh, pulse that's elevated in order to get the required oxygen that's also deficient in that situation, and also just to uh, speed up the metabolism to help the body shake off the extra moisture. You know, you're going to have temperature, you're going to, you know, fever, what we call fever, you're going to have chills. And then, of course, our, our brilliant doctors say that's caused by, um, you know, a microbe, which it isn't, because <laughs> when you take that individual that so, has so called malaria, bring them back to a regular dry climate that they're used to, they'll get better in short order. But if you go back to the malarial zone, you're going to have, uh, you know, the same kind of problem unless you take care of the deficiency in natrium sulfuricum. Now, um, when the body finally starts sweating profusely through all those physiological mechanisms we describe, then what happens? You, we say, oh, you broke the fever. No, the fever, the rapid pulse, everything is no longer necessary until the moisture builds up once again. And then in a very uh, methodical way, you're going to typically have a fever, you know, kind of elevate at a certain time in the afternoon, peak out, you know, later in the day, 
uh, break a fever and then wake up the next day, you know, a little bit better, then it's going to go through the same thing over and over and over again. And there's also a correlation why it does things at certain times of the day like that. And all of us that, you know, have had the so-called flu or whatever, and we have a fever, it always tends to follow that kind of sequence. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. So there's explanations for all of these things. And I just got into that a little bit because when you look at things through a biochemical lens, if you're just a regular you know, lay person or even a clinician, it really simplifies things. And then you can throw out a lot of these old archaic um, you know, germ theory kind of uh, causative factors and all these other things that are keeping us in the Stone Age. And Dr. Carey and Dr. Perry, along with Dr. Schuster, they knew a long time ago that the germ theory and, and things that we still adhere to were just totally nonsensical. Not just not true, but nonsensical. Okay, so calium, uh, I'm sorry, um, natrium phosphoricum is the other uh, water regulator. And that is one that is going to be more involved with uh, maintaining um, uh, an acid uh, alkaline balance. It's going to um, you know, have that kind of effect. And so, um, yeah, so we just say acid neutralization is what its primary role is. And so, uh, but it has to do with the fluids first. Uh, water is the magical substance, uh, you know, that is the conduit in our realm. We could go into principles within old school alchemy that would uh, help us understand what a lot of great people that are involved with water research now, like Veda, I, I think he. Yeah, I've interviewed her as well. Yeah. 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 And, and so, yeah. So when you understand how all these things work together, now you're going to realize why water really is the magic oh, molecule amazing. and how it starts in an alchemical process in the atmosphere. And, and then is the first fixed element, you know, within as we step down these four planes uh, into what we consider physical manifestation and water is the transmitting utility for all things. And it explains exactly why, uh, you know, Amodo and, and Veda and all these people are finding what they find. Right, crazy, crazy. Okay, thank you for the clarification on that. So back to when I interrupted you. So Aquarius, the Natmer, and we're talking about the most efficient way and how you look at taking the tissue salts. Okay, so your constitutional remedy is going to be that mirror. Yeah. Now, um, what you want to do also, because, and again, just to repeat, uh, that is your constitutional remedy or cell salt is going to be the one that you are going to use more of in your lifetime. So you want to make sure, because that's your residence. That's kind of, um, that's the beam that you're riding on. That's the way you're going to be expressing a lot of who you are. You're just going to need more of it. So if you want to just do one thing, start with that. You can also take uh, the 12 cell cell salt uh, formula as well. And what I would do in that case is just take the normal, you know, like uh, whatever brand you have there, the, you take five, six, seven pellets and then add um, of the nat mirror about that many more of that, then you're going to have a proportionate 
you know, amount greater of the one you need the most. So that is what George Curry would talk about as far as taking a proportionate um, formula of all the cell salts. It's going to accentuate the one you need the most. Now, there's also what we call bridge salts. Bridge salts correlate with the three months between conception, you're conceived, you go, you know, if you go around the, the zodiac, uh, zodiac, um, you know, from Aries towards Pisces at the end, you know, Aquarius is up here somewhere. Um, if you go in that counterclockwise formation, then you're going to find, okay, you're born at Aquarius. But then if you count three months um, where you are out of the womb between that time you're conceived, those also are going to have a likelihood of being in shorter supply. And when you're in the womb, you're more likely to get those incorporated into your embryological development through mom. And um, maybe, maybe not, but typically that's the case if mom's fairly healthy. And then the ones in between after birth for three months, you're probably going to need more of. So in the case of Aquarius, um, what you'd have to do then is go counterclockwise around the sky clock is the way I look at it. It's a real sky clock. And um, the next one in line is um, Pisces. Pisces, yeah. Yeah. So now Pisces is uh, Ferrum Phosphoricum. And Ferrum Phosphoricum, as we mentioned in the malaria example, is the one that is the bearer of oxygen, real important one. So if I were you, I would take the natmur with your 12 cell salt, and I'd throw in the same amount of extra pulse of the ferrum phosphoricum. Okay. The next one in line going around the sky clock, counterclockwise, would be Aries. And we're coming into springtime, Aries, new beginnings, you know, the ram being this, the symbol of, uh, you know, new beginnings. And, you know, when you get into the analogies of the, the zodiac and everything, there's, there's a lot of cool stuff. The ram, the two horns, just, you know, we'll kind of throw this in to, um, you know, maybe shed some understanding on the, the terminologies that Dr. Kerry and, and, and as use in their works, uh, the two horns really um, are analogous to the two polarities within our brain. So we have the masculine polarity, which is the one in the back called the pineal. We have the one in front, the pituitary, which is the feminine principle. And those two electrodes, we could say polarities working with each other, are the actual electrical arc that's created between them that allow us to receive the resonance from higher consciousness in the first place. 
Now there's uh, a need for water to be a conduit between those two. So here comes the water again. And that's why there's five ventricles in the brain containing water, cerebral spinal fluid. And in the third ventricle, that connects, that's between the pineal and the hind and the, in, in, in the four, uh, the um, pituitary. And then so that electrical arc is created, but it requires the resonance of that particular cell salt, which is calium phosphoricum, which is the Latin word for uh, potassium. Calium is potassium, phosphorus, uh, phosphorus. So caliphosphoricum. So that's what we call the optic thalamus. And that's when you get into all sorts of scriptural terminology. Says They say, like, when thine eye be single, you know, then you'll be able to see all things and you'll never be deceived. Well, you can only have a singularity, a complete focus, and the, uh, that level of bandwidth of perception when when um, that particular cell salt, caliphosphoricum, is present so that that dipole can be created to receive the resonance. Now, that resonance, just to go a step further, because it goes into the next cell salt that you need, which is in the constellation of Taurus, and Taurus being uh, one that we already mentioned having to do with the water regulation, natrium sulfuricum, now, if you understand uh, the embryological development, when that electrical arc is created, then that starts to create the initial parts of the higher brain center, the cerebrum. Now, in Taurus, it has to do with the cerebellum, the lower brain center. But the cerebellum is, uh, you know, dependent on the higher brain center to have that electrical conductivity passed on to it in the first place. And then we could go into a whole story about Taurus and all the things associated with Taurus, which get into spleen function, which has all sorts of uh, very significant physiological understanding as well as esoteric understanding, you know, that uh, the two doctors get into a lot. And then if you follow all around counterclockwise, you will see an embryological unfolding through each sign of the zodiac because each of those 12 constellations are actually beaming down the frequencies, the resonance required to us to embryologically develop in the first place. Now, the last three months have to do with a different stage of our development when we're out of the womb but all 12 play in the whole human embodiment experience and providing all of the, the different sectors of resonance required for us to come full circle. Does that make sense? I will listen to this a few more times to really <laughs> okay. Yes. But, but oh, back yes. to you, uh, you know, Taurus is your last bridge salt, yes. which is the um, natrium sulfuricum. Right. Okay. Okay. So those are the ones I started focusing on those. And then I started learning about other ones. So I just started doing everything. So if I'm doing, can I do too many and then kind of cancel anything out? Could it, can you do too many of these things? 
it's not going to have, uh, I think, any negative effects. Like if you just eat too much food or take too many vitamins, which can, you know, create stress in organs and things, because, you know, we're talking about pretty minute forms. Uh, I I don't think there's any reason to do it. Uh, You're just going to spend a lot of money unnecessarily. And I think, again, always default back to doing the the most appropriate thing for efficiency rather than just thinking in terms of volume or amounts. And so for children, how, so for babies, would it make sense for the mother to consume the ones that the newborn requires so that the baby gets that through mom's milk or like, how do we, because I feel like if we would correct the, this or deal with this right from the get-go, then we probably would be a much healthier person as we grow up. So was there a way to address this in children from day one? Oh, that would be brilliant. And of course, if we as parents knew these things and did exactly what you're suggesting, uh, you know that your baby is gonna be born in Aquarius, so you start doing a lot of uh, Nat Muir, um, that would be amazing. That would be the most advanced prenatal nutrition possible. <laughs> and, and then, of course, neonatal, the great thing is that you can um, give these to a newborn without any uh, worry about overdoing or overtaxing a young system that's not yet able to metabolize these things. You can uh, dissolve some in mom's milk, you know, just pump a little milk out, and, you know, warm it a bit and just let a few pills dissolve and, and then, you know, give that to the baby. That would be amazing, mm-hmm. including the bridge salts. Right. And a right. little would go a long way with a newborn. Yeah, I think so. In my case, I never pumped at all. I just completely breastfed for a very long time. So would it be, do you think yeah. it'd be appropriate to consume that then? you're not pumping sure that would be a great way to do it okay mm-hmm. okay because that's the thing like i look at our kids today and you see you see things in kids that I, I feel like you can read it on their face signs of of deficiencies that you, sh- you shouldn't see in a child of you know a few years old you shouldn't be seeing these mm-hmm. things it's becoming more and more apparent just with general ways of eating and living and everything so I feel like that's you know, what if you're in the, Go ahead. If you're in the healing arts for any substantial time, you you develop a knack to read between the lines a bit. Mm-hmm. And you literally can perceive the light coming out of somebody's eyes, which starts in that constellation of Aries and that arc from the higher brain center, the cerebrum, that is literally transmitted through the eyes. You can feel it you can see it and you don't have to be psychic or anybody special. You just have to have an awareness and develop that sight. So when I look at a child, the first thing I do is look into their eyes. And a lot of children now have no light coming out of their eyes. And it starts from day one. That means their development is stunted from the very first step of development. You know, uh, well, we were talking about the sky clock going counterclockwise. I'll just throw this out because this will probably be too out there. Um, 
There's also, uh, have you ever heard of uh, Santos Bonacci? I was going to say, because I want to ask, and I'm going to ask you a question. Maybe you're going to talk about this. Because he says, everything starts in Aries. And it all starts in Aries. And I was watching a video of him the other day, and he's talking about how good this book is. And then he actually starts on it. He says, basically, he's pretty much blasphemy that he didn't start with Aries. <laughs> Right, because I know Santos talks a lot about the cell salts as well, and he just went on and on and on how just how evil it was almost to not start with Aries. So I don't know if that's what you're going to talk about, but yes, I have heard of Santos, and I'd like you to also. Talk well, the about reason, Aries. yeah, the reason why I bring him up is I respect him very much. He's a walking encyclopedia, and he's 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 awesome. So anyway, um, he will talk about the sky clock not going counterclockwise. He said she should go clockwise. So he took Doctor Carey's clock and turn it around and um i don't know why he did that but i think i know why but i would also agree with him but i also agree with counterclockwise and to understand the two of them working together you have to go back to waveform mechanics and sorry don't let the terminology throw you it's just it, it's not rocket science and this stuff is easy to understand we just have to unlearn a lot of other stuff first. So in so a nutshell, what would you say waveform mechanics is? Waveform mechanics is uh, every thought you have creates a waveform. It creates an electrical polarization, which creates an electrical event, which is a real thing. And that is what we call a waveform. And then waveforms in, uh, have 18 dimensions. And depending on the different um, inherent dimensions in every waveform, it gives the characteristic to everything that we see on the ground that we consider physical. So waveforms in their myriad, unlimited, you know, forms create everything. So what you and I are looking at when we look at each other are a composite of waveforms with no physicality. And in fact, it's a toroidal field because when you create an electrical vector through consciousness that creates what we're just describing, then it's radiating in a different direction simultaneously. It self-cancels the waveform that compresses into what we think of as materiality and simultaneously radiates it back into the original thought, we'll say, you know, that's perpetuated moment by moment, just like a, a frame to a movie to create the next uh, you know, little moment of our experience. But that is what we call a toroidal field. You know, we've all seen uh, you know, people talk about toroidal fields these days where they see this donut where it kind of involutes and you know, just kind of keeps in this perpetual motion. Well, that is exactly what I just described as far as electrical vectors going in two uh, simultaneous directions, self-canceling and self-perpetuating every single moment. That's a toroidal field. So. The only reason why I brought that up with Santos, uh, just to dispel any possible confusion that some of the folks that are aware of his, um, you know, talks is that, you know, I think they're both right. Because when you look at the sky clock and understand that that is a actually um, uh, a projection of electrical waveforms to compress to create our bodies and our experience, then as above, so below, there cannot be any exception to universal law. That means somehow that has to be going up in the other direction simultaneously in the opposite direction. So back to the, 
the, the sky clock is going counterclockwise. Well, on the ground, we're radiating back up in a clockwise fashion through those same constellations, only in the opposite direction. Oh. That creates the toroidal field of every cell of our body, the composite that we call our whole body, and the toroidal field that makes up our entire realm in the first place. And so from a practical perspective with respect to the tissue cells, does that mean then we also go back the other way to figure out which ones would be appropriate for ourselves as well? So there would be another three? <laughs> There's a, another part to that story when you look at things in a clockwise fashion. There's a slower time clock, you know, now time is, you know, is relative as they say in everything. And we can actually understand more about why we perceive time in the first place when you get into the waveform mechanics. You can also understand, you know, you mentioned the Mandela effect, I think, before we went on the air. And you can also, through waveform mechanics, realize that we're creating past, present, and future at all times and, and adept or just collective consciousness can change the past in real time and have us experience things in real time that are different than our memory of what we thought was the past. And all these things become, I'm not saying every YouTube video you see on the Mandela effect is absolutely accurate, but there's definitely more than a little bit of truth to how those things work. So, when you look at, um, I just brought up time because the larger time clock that goes in a clockwise is actually not just the embryological evolution of our physical form and an embodiment, but the collective unfoldment of mankind through the different historical epochs in the first place. And we right now are in a historical time period where collective mankind is at a certain stage of development. Steiner talked a lot about this, actually. Mm -hmm. Well, Steiner, if anybody's familiar with him. And it wasn't just his ideas either, but he greatly expounded on them. So, um, you know, if you go back to the beginning of the clockwise uh, time clock, um, uh, then it begins with um, uh, Pisces and goes around this way and ends with Aries rather than beginning with Aries and ending in Pisces. And then, uh, you know, all those different uh, constellations then on a larger, longer cycle have to do with historical periods where mankind is enfolding and completing the journey within this realm as a collective consciousness. But that completes the toroidal field and also explains somewhat the two different directions that have to be going on for anything to manifest through an electrical waveform in the first place. Otherwise, it would be impossible if you had one compressing you know, in one direction and not doing the opposite direction uh, you know, simultaneously, you could not have matter. You could not have experience. You could not have the stratification of compression, which we then uh, perceive as time in the first place. And we perceive as time because our consciousness is more locked into the compression cycle 
at the expense of realizing that the whole thing is evaporating before our eyes, you know, as quick as it's materializing. And uh, so now that we're just in that compression cycle, that creates that stratification effect that then we experience as time. So that old saying, being the moment, well, that means we're at the equator where the compression and radiation cycles meet, and we are literally out of the concept of time. And when a long time ago, the biblical passages said the end of time, which is where we're at right now, they were not talking about a destructive apocalypse. They were talking about the true uh, definition of apocalypse, which is new beginnings, which means we would outgrow the concept of time in the first place. We would live in the moment and therefore be able to manifest as true co-creators but we also need to really clean up our acts because all the toxic junk that goes through our emotional and mental bodies uh, would be pretty harsh if that was manifesting every single moment. So it's actually a grace that we get a little bit of time with training wheels on. Right. Well, and it seems like a lot of people are not spending their time in the moment and in that space because they're all they're worried about is not dying in the future they're, they're certainly not living in the moment by any stretch they're they're doing anything they can to protect themselves if they just don't die they're not even living and those yeah and those are the ones that are taking them out themselves out in record number right now yeah we're at a very interesting time and coming back to steiner and the things that that man said and predicted I mean, you have to know that there's like, it's almost bringing tears to my eyes. Like it, he's so on point. It's, it's like, it's giving me goosebumps to even think about what he said and what we're seeing right now. So if your awareness is in that place that we're describing, then you can see forwards, backwards and probabilities that the average person is not capable of perceiving. Okay, Bear, can, so what do you see in our future? No. What do you see in the future? Oh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, pretending to be in any particular place. Um, my experience has allowed me to learn some things from greater minds than myself and then put these things into practice through the fields of medicine and agriculture and uh, laboratory science, which, uh, you know, I have a, a lab, we'll just call it an alchemical chemistry lab. Um, and when you apply these principles in those three areas, you get physical proof that, wow, it actually works like that. And then if you happen to, you know, live a few years, which I have at this point in a single embodiment, you, you can connect some dots if you're paying attention in these kinds of ways. So I've had some experiences sped up, um, you know, the dot connecting to give me visible proof because, uh, you know, I'm a slow learner and I like to see things firsthand for myself. I don't just like woo-woo stuff. Yeah. And I like to ground it in because, you know, bodies either get better or they don't if you're a clinician. Things either grow or they don't if you're a farmer. And when I'm making things in my lab, uh, things either work there or not. So those are really good ways of keeping yourself in an honest discussion, not only with your own inner development, but also uh, honest about, you know, what we're actually seeing out here through our experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Just looking to nature and what's 
that's what I'm excited to do this year with my garden, for example, is using that Shilajit product that we, we have a new, a new product here that I've been, I've been using. I'm going to be putting that in my garden as well to yeah. see the proof. So I, I know, cause it's actually originally for the soil, but I thought, well, this is, I, I'm going to try this internally and then we'll see also from the soil. So, but I think that's great seeing it physically because I like to see that too. And it's just the, I don't know, it's power. It's just really empowering to be able to see it and witness it and learn it and apply it. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. I just, I just love that. So coming back to quickly, the tissue salts, I'm wondering, are these, so I've got three different brands here that you just get off your local health food store shelf. Are they effective? The ones that you can get the mass produced ones, or do you think you have, do you have to get a specific one or cause some say that these mass produced ones really aren't the best way to go. Like, do you feel that you can get everything that you need from these ones? I think they're adequate. Um, maybe not the highest level. And that opens up another discussion as far as what the highest level would be. So we'll comment on that in a second. But um, I get mine from always, uh, you know, because I've used them for a long time from a couple different places in Europe. Um, I always liked, in my clinical years, I always liked Unda, which is a Belgium manufacturer. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they have very high grade. Uh, there's another pharmacy in, uh, you know, Great Britain, Homeoforce is, is good. Um, in, here in California, there's a Hahnemann pharmacy down in uh, the Bay Area, you know, that does some really good custom stuff. Um, I really, in fact, um, and this is not a plug for our website because it's really not a moneymaker. We just want to make these available to our private members. Uh, we are carrying a brand called Jackson's that I really, really like. They're in Canada and uh, their manufacturing, everything is impeccable. They're not mass manufacturers. And also, you know, they're lactose free for people that are concerned they are. about that. But they're, they also, but they're also made out of organic, um, you know, from organic beets, you know, the sugar. So that, um, you know, they just pay attention to little details as far as... Um, and also just adhering to really good homeopathic manufacturing processes and everything regulated and, and above board. So uh, we're kind of teaming up with them and we'll be doing those on our website. Now on our website, uh, I'll just put in a little plug, do. is that I have a page for each cell salt. It, it hasn't been published yet. I think it'll probably be published next week sometime, if oh, not okay. sooner. And each page will take you through the cell salt, uh, a little synopsis from a symptomatic point of view um, with the constitutional remedy, you know, for what um, astrophysiological correlation uh, with the bridge salts would be for that particular constellation. And so we, it's kind of, every page is a little mini course on the different levels of how that cell salt is used. Oh, fantastic. The last comment is that you can take these cell salts and elevate them yet again. Now, these cell salts are basically going to do the job. But if you can spirically elevate them, in other words, take them through an alchemical processing, and that gets into more of a lengthy discussion at all, spirit with right now, 
but it elevates them to another whole level of action. So they're going to be operating on different levels of your being simultaneously. In my lab, um, I'm going to be making a lot of those. Now, what I'm going to specialize in is the signature mathematical formulas unique to every plant. So if you take one particular herb and you're aware of, you know, what it's typically used for and contrast that with a different herb with different known effects, those effects are really because of the mathematical proportion inherent of each different species of the cell salts of the minerals of that plant. That's what makes it tick. That's why in spagyric medicine, there's a whole lot of steps you go through, but when you're through extracting everything out of there, you take the spent plants that you've, uh, you know, extracted the mercury and the sulfur from that, you know, are alchemical terms in, in the laboratory, but then you take the plant matter that still has the salts in them. And now you calcinate them, you know, high temperatures over and over and over again until you're left with a white ash. Then there's a way of purifying those. And no matter how, what kind of temperatures you use or how off or how many times, those minerals are still left intact. You can't destroy them. So you put it through this purification. And then you have from that particular plant, the mathematically um, you know, created formula by nature that, that is the key that makes that particular herb work. So what I'm going to do is take different herbs and have that signature formula and then put it through different processes so that we reactivate those cells, uh, or those salts, and from those salts, again, derive the three elements sulfur, mercury, salt from just the salt, and then create a spagyric formula from the cell salts themselves, gets a little bit more involved. Now, when you take that, you're going to be taking a very special effect from that particular plant, as well as getting the salts unique to that plant that make it work in the first place. And it's going to work on all three levels of your being as well. So that's what we're doing here what I'm doing and my goal is to, you know, try to elevate the practice of medicine and take what the old adepts knew for centuries and then, you know, hopefully bringing it into this century. Well, and how do we get that in Canada? I need it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what I'm talking about is not something I'm going to be able to mass produce. Uh, we'll have it available to our members in, um, you know, we have a whole new site that's going to be launched soon. It's on our own private server. Yeah. And um, so my goal is to make limited amounts available, which is all I can do. Right. Uh, but then use that as a teaching mechanism to hopefully create a new generation of real pharmacists. Amazing. I have a quick question around radiation. Are there cell salts that we can take to protect us from all the radiation that we're exposing or that we're exposed to these days? Um, good question. Relative to cell salts, I would stick with what we've been talking about because when you 
take the ones that are going to allow you to operate on all cylinders, then that's going to protect you the most rather than using them in a symptomatic way and say, oh, this cell salt is better for you know, radiation or, or any particular symptom or effect. Okay. Uh, there are other things, you know, in light of contamination, you know, uh, even though I consider cell salts foundational, there are other levels, you know, in the practice of bioterrain medicine, which is, you know, what I did for years that um, will allow these cell salts to work even better and one of the factors that unfortunately has really escalated in our lives these days is contamination, you know, just overt poison. So, um, you know, in light of that, you know, I would say, yeah, definitely take all preventative measurements as far as exposing yourself or minimizing your exposure. And then at the same time, take, you know, uh, good purified forms of zeolite and complexes. That's why we make you know, stuff like that that right. are, are going to help that just keep moving yeah. through your body. But then no matter what you're doing, always remember that it's an inside job. And the more we become aware of how we work, then we are going to be less vulnerable in the first place. And so, you know, and when I practice clinical medicine, some of the hardest nuts to crack were the folks that were the purest in doing everything right out here, right. And, but so obsessed with doing everything right out here and cleansing and being pure that they were actually a magnet for the stuff they didn't want in the first place because that's what their attention was creating in their life. You know, it's fixated on that, which is going to draw it to you. So it's a real dance of mastery as far as taking care of business on the ground, but not obsessing over it at the same time. Right. Yeah. Cause you can get pretty neurotic and that's the thing. It's almost like they're not doing it to build the best body and mind and spirit that they can, or to, to embody that it's almost like they're doing it to not get sick. You know, they're come from is completely different. It's more like you see the disease and you're moving away from the disease, not moving towards the health. Right. And there is no external practice or remedy or medium that can even come anywhere close to the technology of our own consciousness. And so coming back just to the modern world, so you, you, you still feel that the rules of, that you've talked to about consuming this asshole still apply despite the, the lack of nutrition in the soil and the extra onslaught of toxic, toxins that we're experiencing in the environment? Because considering, for example, magnesium depletion, and magnesium, the requirement of magnesium in the body for all our enzymatic pathways and everything. You don't feel that, you know, magphos, for example, could be a good basic for a lot of people to consume despite no matter what their birth sign is. Sure. Uh, so let's just say we set aside our bridge salts and our constitutional salt, and we have, say, heart arrhythmias, or we have some kind of motor nerve issue, some kind of symptom. I would absolutely reach for MAGFOS, which is in the sign of Leo and has to do with the heart. That's why, you know, Leo, the line was always, you know, synonymous with heart function and the heart. And uh, so um, definitely, if uh, you have some kind of neurological issue, you know, I definitely reach for calcium phosphoricum. If you have accretions in the lungs, uh, which a lot of people are having with this phony uh, illness going around these days, 
uh, you know, or, or any kind of upper respiratory accretions. I mean, you know, you're blowing your nose and stuff's coming out and congestion and everything. Well, that means there's um, probably a deficiency of certain cell salts that are responsible for distributing um, different organic matter that um, is used to create hard osseous, you know, bony type tissue, uh, elastic fibers, fibrin, uh, you know, that's the basis of a lot of our, you know, the matrix of our body. And so let's just, uh, let's use an example, um, calcium muriaticum, which is, uh, correlates with the sign Gemini. And that has to do with the distribution of fibrin in our body. Now, when I used to look at people's bloods under the microscope, uh, sometimes you see all these cobwebs and things, and you know it looks like uh, an abundance of fibrin. You know we knew that's what it was. Now fibrin is a useful substance; it's needed for a lot of things. Uh, however, if the calcium muriaticum is deficient, then that fibrin is going to accumulate in places where you don't want it, and you can start having blood clots. You can start stroking out. You can have heart attacks. You can have all sorts of uh, just microcirculation issues, you know, impediments to circulation. So uh, these days, let's just pretend that we live in a world where they're spraying us with these uh, two-dimensional uh, carbon substances, and it's creating a coagulation in our blood system. Or what if they're actually putting it into medicines and injecting it in our bodies and yes. You notice that a lot of people were having clotting problems. Mm. Well, calcium muriaticum would maybe be a good idea to, um, you know, just uh, counteract the accumulation of fibrin where you don't want it. And also maybe you have congestion in the lungs. Well, now there's the exudates and things that we think are the product of some kind of germ or something. No, it's just that, you know, stuff is collecting in any particular vulnerable place that is going to be, you know, kind of be determined by our idiosyncrasies one from another. So, um, uh, you know, another biological remedy, let's just say with this uh, epidemic of coagulation and clotting issues we're having today, there's little um, microbial actors that live inside of us. They're from a family called mucoracemosis. And their job also is to work with uh, creating the proper viscosity in the blood along working with the elements, you know, that we're talking about uh, that calcium muriaticum is uh, responsible for. And so those little microbes, if they're in a proper supply, uh, like up in Canada, there's a company called Symbiopathic you can get mucoracemosis drops and all the other isopathic drops are called. Um, they're also homeopathically prepared, but not homeopathics or isopathics, which means they actually have the proteins of all the microbes that live inside of us or like the seeds. So now you take some mucor seeds and that's going to help regulate blood viscosity, reduce the tendency to clotting. And let's just say uh, these fibrin things or these, um, graphene elements that seem to be showing up everywhere. Uh, you know, we don't know how to get rid of them. Well, we also know that um, glutathione actually breaks them down. 
our body makes glutathione, but if you like do coffee enemas, uh, with did one this morning. Yeah, so that's going to raise your glutathione. <laughs> that's going to raise your glutathione. <laughs> uh, no, not at all. Yeah. Oh <laughs> you're, no. You're, you're setting a good example. So uh, that raises your glutathione level six hundred percent. So you're going to start breaking down some of that graphene. You're doing all these other things. So you know the cell salts play prominently. Other you know things like calc phos that are responsible for laying down you know certain bony tissue if that's deficient then you're going to have certain elements that would normally be making that tissue that's going to create um, different accumulations in different parts of the body it can collect in the dermal uh, tissues and then you can have what we call eczema and psoriasis and and so you know the symptomatic use of cell salts when you go just online and look at the, the Schusler kind of information and yeah. say you have a particular symptom and it says for, you know, good for skin conditions and yeah, be a good bet to take some of that. Better than going. So, to sorry. That's kind of a very long. Oh, that was before. amazing. That was, that was really helpful. Very, very helpful. But yeah, like why not try that if you're desperate and you don't know what else to do rather than going to dermatologist and getting some kind of ridiculous cream or something that's going to poison you, you know, you could try with me. And the most beautiful thing is you're operating on the first uh, plank of the Hippocratic Oath, which is do no harm. You know, you can't possibly screw yourself up. Right. Right. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. We, I know I've had you for a long time, but you mentioned something in the beginning. We're going to take a completely, we're going to, uh -huh. so that's going to be like the cell cells. I think that's like a lifetime of study for me. I feel like, I don't know if I can ever truly really get but then now that for me is a path like that is my a deep dive into really fully integrate that and use that because it's such a simple thing it's so empowering for people to know that they could use these things for themselves for their families for the children that are so deficient and toxic and who knows else but so such a powerful thing so thank you thank you for that part but now i really before i let you go we were talking before we started recording about private membership associations and i was telling you how my husband is doing that here for we started a new uh private society called atlassia based on atlas shrugged <laughs> in reverence to, to that to that idea of atlas shrugged so and now that's something that he's really deep diving into and i think what people who want to still operate and do commerce and live but moving they understand that moving that into the private is going to give them a lot more freedom and this is a structure that has been very clear and established and protected in the United States, and I was telling you that in Canada, we, we just, we don't have that clarity, but you were saying there's other things that underlie that, that apply everywhere. So if you could just enlighten us onto that, then. Sure, you know, you had mentioned that I've dabbled in some of these fields and it might seem diverse to some people, but if you understand law, not legal, but law, legal is just statutes created by corporations that contract with us and then say, okay, now you must obey. But if you understand law, you understand medicine, uh, uh, alchemy, which is complete science versus chemistry, which is half the equation, they all adhere to the same universal principles. So when you understand universal principles, then you can really uh, shortcut your understanding into, you know, law realms, medical realms, and so forth. 
and it's not as diverse as we might think. But when we're just thinking of law, first off, we have to get our head straight about who we are as individuals in the first place. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people teaching status corrections these days where you might revert to your state citizenship, you know, here in the States, Canada, there's, <clears throat> I have never done it up there, but I know there's processes where you can change your status from being a corporate subject to what we would, you know, loosely call a sovereign, somebody who is exercising their rights that are their divine birthrights, because there is no authority in this outer world that can tell us what to do or has the right. They only do it by force, and they justify that force by saying we agreed with them to do it, and they do that through adhesion contracts. So that's kind of basic, and I'm sure your audience understands that much. So we have to understand now that let's go back to status correction. Um, we are in a state of war. In the United States, it's uh, under the auspices of the War Powers Act. And we have been under that since the American Revolution. And in Canada, you have your own version of it. Every country of the world has their own version of it. We are in a state of war. So some of us are going into a status correction that begins with number one, I am. And I am is the unqualified consciousness that we are, which means no other life form has any ability or right to usurp our territory. And when you own that, very special things happen. When you own that in your consciousness, then you become relatively invisible and protected because this is a game that's being played on the mental and emotional plane. They even talked about it in scripture. They said in the end times, it would be a battle on the mental plane. We could get into Steiner and his whole um, you know, understanding of Araman and different interdimensional consciousness that is manipulating us on this mental plane. Nothing can happen to us if we own our own mental plane and that resonance in itself will be protection. So a status correction that begins with I am and then follows with I come in peace. That means we are now invoking international law and the highest status that we can occupy within this man-created realm, which is the ambassador status. Everybody has the right to follow international agreements and adapt that ambassador status rather than a particular status associated with a territory or a country. And in that ambassador status, we are now above the War Powers Act. We are not allowed by international law to be interfered with. That's a whole discussion, but it is possible through a status correction to begin there. 
And I require, just think it's in. Does that require paperwork? Does that require, is that just an internal declaration, is, external declaration? Is that a paperwork thing? Yes and no. There is paperwork. There is a formal notification process, but it's important not to lead with form. The paperwork does not bring you home. It's your own internal process that will then make the paperwork work. There's a lot of gurus out there selling paperwork mm -hmm. and a lot of them selling good paperwork and with good intentions. We're not saying anything derogatory. Right. However, right. unfortunately, a lot of their clients think the paperwork is going to protect them. This time historically is about us owning who we really are and then formally noticing, you know, all involved parties of that fact that we know in no uncertain terms. So, um, now let's get into you want to run a business and you want to keep it private. And let's just talk about a PMA, private membership association. Well, private means private. That means it doesn't have an EIN or a tax number. And it means that that entity is not interfacing in the public. A big mistake is people think, well, I have a private membership association. You know, it sounds like it's private. It's called private, but they're interfacing directly with the public. Now you're out in the open. You might as well just, you know, tell the thieves, you know, where you keep your jewelry in the house. So a PMA should be on the other side of the firewall. Now, let's just say you have a limited liability corporation, an LLC, and you want to do business out here. What people don't understand is the LLC or any other kind of entity, you write the bylaws. That's what you call statutes. That's what these corporations like US Inc., Canada Inc., they have their bylaws and we contract with them. So that's the law. It's not the law, it's legal statutes. And then we're never thrown in jail for anything other than breach of contract. If we don't pay our taxes to the IRS, we're not paying taxes. I mean, we're not thrown in jail for not paying taxes. We're thrown in jail for breach of contract. What people don't understand. So now let's just say you have that LLC. Now it's up to you to create the contracts and notice the parties out in the public that this is the agreement, the terms of that LLC or whatever other entity you're using. Now, internally, on the other side, in the real private, now you can have contracts between that public entity or that entity that interfaces with the public. And from the public going into the private. You just cut out for that's one where second. Sorry, yeah. can you just repeat that last bit? You have, you just cut out for a second there. So you have the entity that's in the public deal within the private dealing with the public. Can you just repeat that? Yeah. Now here in the States, if you, um, I'll repeat that in a different way because I don't remember what I said. Um, so in the States here, you know, uh, nobody, constitution is explicit. Nobody can interfere with a private contract. 
So um, even if you contract away in real horrible, detrimental, harmful ways, it's just like, hey, that's your business. Okay, so now the LLC has contracts, you know, with the public saying, okay, this is what we're doing here. Don't, you know, make any assumptions otherwise. And furthermore, uh, it's contracting with things in the private, which would be where your PMA belongs. Right. Now, let's just say you have people that we would normally call employees or partners or things. Well, those are all terms that are germane to the public, but not to the private. So you're a private club in here. So if you have somebody that's helping you around the office or something, well, now they're a member. If you have a partner, they're a member. And now the membership contracts that are only your business, you have very set agreements as far as what that person helping you is uh, you know, going to expect uh, you to uphold your part of the contract if they you know, perform whatever you, know, uh, you require. And uh, the same thing with partners and everything else. And then also uh, it would be maybe kind of a neat idea to have a business trust that uh, business trust here in the States anyway can have a tax number so that it can, or, or an identification number, not a tax number. There's okay. a way to do that. They can then open up a bank account. So now the public entity, say the LLC, can just go ahead and um, you know, have a way to um, conduit funds into the private and then dis distribute uh, amongst the private members according to the established contracts. And then maybe you can have another trust that, you know, holds your other goodies, you know, your house and, you know, and all your other kind of stuff. And, and you know, and now you just have as creative as you can be, but grounding it in with real concrete ways so that it works on the ground, just like medicine or agriculture. You know, it's good to have ideas, but now you have to ground them into the way things really work. And in the legal, lawful world, there's ways to do that. And it's really not rocket science either. So um, a lot of people, again, have problems with private membership associations because they aren't private. They're interfacing directly with the public. And I was listening to somebody saying that then that could put you on, uh, like that you could be guilty of fraud if you're, if you're, if you're confusing the two and you're not clear how you're doing the business. And it is fraud. Right. It's right. also fraud if you get a letter, you know, to your all caps, your straw, you know, birth certificate name. And go to court and say, I'm that person. You're guilty of fraud right there. And that's why they prosecute you because you're fraudulently encroaching on their copyright. And then they can throw the book at you uh, for that alone, uh, in addition to all the breach of contracts that they, they've got, you know, of sitting on the magistrate's desk that he's looking at that you don't even know exist in the first place. And a question about what you saying when you talked about the part about I come in peace. How does one declare that part? As an ambassador, you are just reiterating that you are not participating under the War Powers Act. You are a status of person that can now traverse across lines, territorial lines that under the War Powers Act are at war with each other and be left alone. 
Now, in our own country here in the US, the corporate US, under the auspices of the War Powers Act, is at war with the citizenry. So now you're saying, no, I am not in that status. I am not a corporate subject. And I am also an ambassador that can traverse between the public and the private because I am not participating under the War Powers Act. I am a mediary of peace between all parties. I am not at war with anybody. And anything. once you embody that and live that and know that and stand in that space, do you also have paperwork to prove that so that you can functionally, like on a practical level? Prove you that? prove the paperwork. Yeah. You prove the paperwork, not the other way around. Okay. Right. You prove the paperwork. Okay. But it's not for the beak of heart. No, no. And that's the thing, like working in this space, that's one thing that, you know, we have to be, when you're working with people, people have to look, they're, it's going to be challenged. You have to know it and own it and be willing to stand on it and maybe go through some uncomfortable situations, right? And therein lies the reason why we play the game. It's to temper us <clears throat> on that spiritual level. And we are here to lose all fear, lose all attachments, and we don't get out of the game until we do. So you may think you're jumping into the fire, but if you do it with full eyes wide open and know how the game's played in the first place, you, you know, you might lose a couple nights sleep. I sure have in my lifetime. I've had uh, multiple visits from the FBI. I've had all sorts of involvements because I played these games at a high level at one point in my life. I saw colleagues um, assassinated for it, people that I was doing things with. I see people that are still in jail that I used to travel with. So it's, it has its inherent risk. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to scare everybody off. The reason why I had some adventures is because I did some of these things with other people way back in the day before the internet and before all these things were refined to the level where you can just take a course and learn maybe what took me 10 years of um, you know, hair-raising experiences to figure out firsthand. But you still uh, you know, need to understand it's, it's an inside job. Do you recommend a resource for that? Like where to take the course or? You know, I have private circles that I travel with for a long time um, that aren't out there okay. doing anything commercially. And I'm really, I'm, I'm aware of a few names that, you know, I think people are doing great things. Uh, people have different opinions on how to go about things. Um, I think they're all right, you know, and what it's... Uh, what it requires is as individuals, we need to understand it's not about the right paperwork or the right way to do it. It's number one, who I am, but number two, what am I trying to do? And so a PMA might work great. Um, 
you know, a different kind of entity might work better depending on what you're trying to do. So it's like anything else. There's, you know, again, gets your head around what you're trying to achieve and then learn what entity and what mindset is going to allow you to realize your goals. Right. I hope I envision hopefully a world where we have this parallel society where we've just brought all the good services and things that we require into the private and we can all contract and agree with each other in, in this is parallel world while everybody else who doesn't care, doesn't know and wants to keep their blinders on and just keep doing as they're told and asking for permission and everything, they can go on that way. And we go on our this way. That's what I, I hope that- I kind of have a- yeah, uh, we, we're definitely creating a parallel reality, and that's what we have to do because we're going through a transition right now. Who knows? I don't have a crystal ball, but I have a very strong hunch that these predators are not going to be around forever because there's larger cycles. You know, we're talking about the sky clock and the troidal fields, and yeah. well, there's this larger sky clock that has its own agenda. And with that agenda is uh, a literal shift in resonance or consciousness. And so the consciousness that we are seeing that's more of a predatory nature, I mean, look at all the heinous things that are being exposed right now. Some of us have been aware of it for a long time and been trying to you know, alert the public, but now it's getting pretty evident to most people, except the people that just don't want to be here anymore. So uh, again, uh, you know, you go back, I'm not a Bible thumper, but in that scripture, it says in the end times, all things would be known. And that's what we're experiencing now. When you treat an, a body that has severe symptoms, uh, very often, if you're doing it right, you're, you know, bringing things to the surface. And sometimes it looks like things are getting worse before they get better. Things aren't worse right now. We're just exposing the things that have been here forever. They're in our face and they're really yucky. It's like cleaning out the old basement that you've neglected for years. So it's all up there. And uh, that mindset that still wants to participate in that darkness will not be able to survive uh, through this shift. We just have to have our wits about us so we don't go down with the ship. Yeah. Yes, we do. And we, I think we have to see it. To, we, have to, we have to have that long-term vision. And, and that's because we got to know this is temporary. It's uncomfortable and it's yeah. temporary, but it's and until it's revealed, it can't be, we can't make the change, right? It has to be revealed. It has to come, the truth has to rear its ugly head. And it yeah. is uglier than I even yeah. so yeah inside job but you also might want to buy a few bags of rice and beans exactly oh yeah i got those too yeah <laughs> okay barrel this has been a long one any last words that you have to say for the audience before we let you go no just um you know delightful to talk to as always uh, always happy to be here anytime so uh thank you love you a lot and just keep up your good work you're doing amazing things out there i really appreciate you barrett thank you so much so guys alpha cast go check them out they're on youtube they're on well that's the one place that they're still on facebook they're on what other platforms are you on or is that something that mike would know um okay so um i think it's be sovereign sayer g um Friends. yeah 
our stuff is being broadcast over there now. He's good people. Um, you probably know about all that. I, we're on about six different things going on. And then with our new site, with our own server, we're going to have everything in our membership tiers behind firewalls because we really want to be a self-contained entity. And then my partner, Mike, is doing amazing things with um, uh, a project that's going to, you know, I, I think revolutionize the way the internet works. And um, that's with Cordal. Yeah, and, and give us all the ability to have even more privacy. So I have high hopes for that. Uh, but in the meantime, yeah, just uh, we're on all those things out there. Excellent. So AlphaCast every Thursday, Alpha Beta, go check out the site for all that they're doing, the products they offer, of an amazing resource. And that, that the, the podcast, seriously, if you want to have your mind stretched a little, and really get out of the box that you've been, I know a lot of people are already there and curious and exploring, but for you guys who haven't heard about AlphaCast, seriously, it's just a great way to just really understand how much we don't know and what there is to explore and what's possible and to find different people in the community that think differently and, you know, want to work together to create a better parallel world to live in because right now we're in interesting times so thank you so much bear i super super appreciate your time and i look forward to doing this yet again one day me too